0: Hello from London. This is Tax Notes Talk. Welcome to Tax Notes Talk, a podcast from Tax Notes, the leading source of tax news, information, and analysis. Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Stewart, editor-in-chief of Tax Notes Today International. This week, tax morale. We're here at the International Fiscal Association Congress in London, and I'm joined by Chief Correspondent Stephanie Johnston. Stephanie, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Always good to be here. Thanks.
0: So you just did an interview. Who did you talk to?
1: I spoke to Grace Perez-Navarro. She's the deputy director of the OECD's Center for Tax Policy and Administration. And we spoke about the OECD's recent publication of its report on tax morale, taking a deeper look at what drives taxpayer compliance.
0: All right, let's go to that interview. And before we start, I should warn listeners that we did this at a very busy conference venue. So you may hear a few stray noises here and there.
1: Enjoy. Grace Perez-Navarro, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Thanks, Stephanie. It's great to be here.
1: I would like to speak to you about the OECD's work on tax morale. The OECD recently released a report. What is tax morale?
2: Okay, tax morale, it's not an obvious concept, but it's basically the initiative, the willingness of taxpayers to pay. And what we are looking at in this report is what is it that drives that voluntary compliance? And you need to think about this in two broad categories, the compliance of individuals. And so one of the things we've been doing is looking at behavioral science to see what motivates tax-compliant behavior in individuals. Corporations are legal entities, so... They don't have morale. You'll see on the cover of the report, we have a compass inside somebody's brain to kind of see what drives that moral compass. And that's a little bit harder in a corporate context because you're talking about legal entities. Now, for the moment, until artificial intelligence takes over, legal entities are still operated by human beings. And so they do have a role to play, whether they're in the board, the CEO, or the tax director. And so what we're trying to see is what will make these taxpayers voluntarily comply. And again, in the individual context, you're talking about the difference between compliance and evasion generally. But in the corporate context, especially when you're talking about multinationals, it, multinationals are going to try to at least comply with the letter of the law. But the question we're trying to answer here is, how can we get them to pay tax responsibly, so both with a letter and spirit of the law in mind? And that's really the key question here. And the This work started last year, was it? Yes, we started with a first draft report. We had a conference on this in January where we brought in different stakeholders, developing countries. And I should say this work that we have done is very much focused on developing countries because obviously they need to raise revenues more and they have a harder time doing that and a harder time getting voluntary compliance. So what we were trying to do was to see what are the drivers that make companies and individuals comply so that the levels of compliance will increase in these countries. So we had all types of stakeholders. And then we put out a public consultation document in the spring, and now we've released the report. And of course, this is just one step in a process because we're just beginning to look at this. We, we've we done this overall assessment, but what we have seen in this is that there are regional differences. So for example, if you look at some of the drivers of behavior. There are socioeconomic behaviors and there are institutional things that affect this. So in the individual types of behaviors, you look at things like the age of the person makes a difference. The older the person is, the more likely they're willing to pay tax. Gender has a role to play. But here, believe it or not, there is a regional difference. So women tend to be more tax compliant than men. But in Africa, it's different. It's the opposite. So we need to delve further to see why is there that difference in Africa? What is it that that drives women differently in Africa? There's also educational attainment. That's a big factor in the individual space. The more education a person, has, the more likely they are to accept the role of taxes in society than people who are less educated. So these are all things in the the space of individual behavior that is societal. And then you have institutional factors. So things like, is there trust in government? Is there trust in the tax administration, in the legitimacy of the tax administration? So those are all things that affect this. Also, the meritocracy of the society. You know, you have that in some cultures and in others. It's all about who you know, not meritocracy. So that undermines trust. I think that all ends up being part of the trust equation. So given this initial, look at what drives tax morale, we have recognized that we need to look further into regional differences. We actually also need to do country by country work. And given the importance of education At all levels to explain what taxes are for, why this is important, we will be doing another study just looking at 50 countries that have had taxpayer education initiatives to see what has worked, what hasn't, and what have been the results from those initiatives.
0: Support for this podcast is provided by the University of California, Irvine School of Law Graduate Tax Program. Are you interested in learning all about taxation at a highly ranked program with small class sizes? Then our sponsors are here to help you. The Graduate Tax Program is a one-year full-time program offered at the UC Irvine campus. It's ranked the number one graduate tax program on the West Coast. The program offers students a unique academic experience combining in-depth doctrinal work and practical perspective. The program boasts a small student to faculty ratio that ensures students get the attention they need to succeed in their studies and their careers. For domestic students and U.S. permanent residents, the deadline to apply is April 1st, 2020. Non-U.S. students must apply by February 1st. Apply today. Visit law.uci.edu gradtax grad tax. That's law.uci.edu gradtax grad tax.
1: Why is OECD focusing on it now? In the report, it notes that the domestic resource mobilization conversation has never really addressed tax morale. And why is that?
2: You know, it's interesting. We have never addressed it in this way, but if you go back to 2011, when the OECD revised its Guidelines for Multinational Enterprises, which are not a tax-specific report, but rather a guidelines of responsible business conduct for businesses. And these have been approved by not only the governments that adhered to those guidelines, but also business, trade unions, and civil society. Those were guidelines developed with a multi-stakeholder approach. And when we did this in 2011, we revised the tax chapter, which is the last chapter and the shortest chapter but nevertheless it's there and the big battle we had and to me this was one of the most challenging things I have ever worked on was trying to get a revision of that chapter to include the simple statement that businesses should comply with both the letter and the spirit of the law and I can tell you at that point in time business fought hard against that saying oh we don't know this is like loosey-goosey stuff is this you know it when you see it how do define the spirit of the law. And we did try to define it in the guidelines. But at that point, there wasn't the appetite for it. Well, what happened... After that, that was 2011, 2012, we started the BEPS Project. And what was that about? Base erosion and profit shifting, fighting aggressive tax avoidance. And that started a whole chain of different standards being developed. And in 2015, we delivered those. So what do you have now? More reporting requirements, more legislation, more requirements about reporting uncertain tax positions. And, you know, it's just not sustainable to keep trying to To change the laws, require more from businesses because we're trying to tackle this aggressive tax avoidance. And so, this is a way by trying to look at the behavior of companies and how you might be able to change that so that there is responsible tax compliance, well, then you don't need to keep adding on to the already burdensome tax compliance requirements that companies are facing.
1: Did the media have any effect on this too? I know that the media is always focused on, you know, Apple or Google paying their fair share or not paying their fair share. Did that also play a factor, you think?
2: Yes, I think it did. And I think the work of NGOs bringing this to the forefront has also had an impact because, again, if we go back to 2011, where when we were trying to get this language of the letter and the spirit of the law as being one of the guiding principles in the tax area, we didn't have this debate. We didn't have these companies on the front pages of the newspapers. And I think if we had, then business would have been more willing to do this because I do think now they recognize the reputational risk that is associated with taking aggressive positions in their taxes. And
1: in the report, what trends did you identify as regards corporates and business
2: well, the first, I would say there's not a lot of data out there about what drives tax morale in the corporate space. So what we ended up using was information that we had gathered in our survey on tax certainty, which we first did in 2017 and updated in 2018, because that was the closest proxy that we had, because business keeps telling us the more tax certainty that they have, the easier it is for them to pay taxes, and the more willing they are to invest in a country. And so we looked at that data and we looked at what were the key things that would drive tax certainty. And there are regional differences there as well. So that is what we used as as a basis for it. And it is important to highlight, as we did in the tax certainty report, that it's not tax rates that make the difference between investments or payment or non-payment. There are many other factors, like how complex is the tax law, how consistent, is the treatment that taxpayers receive from the tax authorities? How quickly can tax disputes get resolved? And so these are the kinds of issues that affect business behavior.
1: What does 100% tax morale look like? Is it the end of cat and mouse game between governments and business?
2: Yes, I think that's what it is. You're seeing that business is looking for different ways of getting to that point. And so we have also been working with business on approaches for either dispute resolution, which is... After the fact, but also dispute prevention. So things like the ICAP program are ways for businesses to comply responsibly in real time. Joint audits may also be a way for them to comply in a responsible way because in a joint audit, every country involved has the same information. That was part of the thinking behind the country-by-country reporting is that for the first time, all tax authorities will have the same information from the multinationals operating in their country. And so that should facilitate the discussion, because at the end of the day, tax administration is about managing and using the information that they get from taxpayers and using it to apply the tax laws. And so greater transparency from companies is is a way to move that forward. But I do think that these new initiatives that are being led by business now, for example, the principles that BIAC put out for businesses to follow in developing countries and with with developing country tax authorities. That is a good first step. I think the B-team principles that came out last February, those are also quite important where you have companies, major multinationals, signing up to these principles, committing to implement them. And those principles largely track basically what we have been saying is that companies should be complying with the letter and the spirit of the law, providing the information that is necessary for tax administration and those kinds of things. So I think there has been a shift in the thinking of business. And it is, as you mentioned, partly due to the media focus on this and the risk that that has created for, for businesses.
1: And so what will be the next steps? You mentioned in another report, doing a deeper dive into the behaviors that drive tax morale. Ultimately, what does the OECD hope to produce as a tool to give businesses, tax administrations to help them boost tax morale?
2: The first thing is this next report we will be doing on taxpayer education. The other thing is we will be working with specific countries to try and diagnose the current situation and come up with possible ways to address the issues. There's been a lot of good work done on behavioral science approaches, so looking at what they call nudging. So instead of you getting a threatening letter from the IRS saying, you haven't paid your taxes you may get a letter saying 99% of your neighbors have paid their whatever property tax or whatever tax it is, and we notice you haven't paid, maybe you want to pay. And that kind of approach seems to work much better than just a threatening letter that a collection agency will be at your door in two weeks' time. So there are things that we have already learned through our research that can help countries generally. But again, there are cultural differences, there are regional differences, and we are really going to look at those things very specifically. In the business context, I think greater engagement with BIAC, with other business associations to get these principles embedded in companies, because, BIAC is an association of associations of business, right? And so BIAC has said this, but do we know how widely spread disseminated these principles have been and what are companies doing to implement those? So the other thing we are doing is we are doing a survey of tax administrations in developing countries to get their perceptions of how they think big business is doing in terms of tax morale and responsible compliance.
1: And how can business and listeners here on our podcast, if you could ask them to help ABCD and its work in this regard, what would you say?
2: Well, I would say that they should look at how they pay their own taxes, or if their tax advisors, look at how they are advising their clients, and take this whole idea of tax morale and responsible tax compliance into account, given the changing environment that we are operating in, because the reputational risks are high. I have to tell you this one quick story of my own personal experience of seeing this live on the ground, is that when I went to to buy my Christmas tree at Christmas from the little flower market by my apartment in Paris. I asked the Christmas tree guy to remove the little stump they put at the end, which is how they make the Christmas tree stand up. And he said, oh, you must be American and you must have one of those tree stands that you can put water in. And I said, yes, I am. And yes, I do have one of those. And he said, I can't find those in France. I said, just go online. He said, no, I will not buy anything from Amazon because they don't pay tax in France. And by the way, I will not drink Starbucks coffee either because they don't pay tax in France. So this is a real man-of-the-street issue, and it is a reputational issue, and eventually it may hit their bottom line. So I would say for those companies that have not yet woken up to this new reality, they need to take a close look. Fair warning. Thanks so
1: much for stopping by and speaking about this latest work. It's very exciting, and we look forward to hearing more.
2: Great. Thanks, Stephanie.
0: And now, instead of coming attractions... I'm joined by Content and Acquisitions Manager Faye McRae with a special announcement.
1: Thanks, Dave. The winner of this year's Christopher E. Bergen Award for Excellence in Writing is Benjamin Marcus Satterthwaite of the University of South Carolina School of Law. The Christopher E. Bergen Award for Excellence in Writing recognizes superior student writing on unsettled questions in law or policy. It is named in honor of the late Christopher E. Bergen, former president and publisher of Tax Analyst. Daniel Pesser of Harvard Law School earned this year's honorable mention. You can read Benjamin's winning submission on September 30th in tax notes federal, state, and international. Thank you, Faye. That's
0: it for this week. You can follow me online at tax Stew. that's S-T-E-W. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions for a future episode, you can email us at podcast.taxanalyst.org. And as always, if you like what we're doing here, please leave a rating or review wherever you download this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Notes Talk is a production of Tax Notes. You can learn more about us by visiting www.taxnotes.com backslash products. When major media wants the straight story, they turn to Tax Notes. Thank you for listening and join us again for another edition of Tax Notes Talk.